Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. He looks like he's in eighth grade, first of all. He does. If you stand by that guy, he is a midget. He is a little guy. Judd Zolgad. I consider my protege. That's right. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Ground ball right side. Boris it to second for one. Rodney has to cover. Springer safe. Throw gets away. Astros tie the game. It is eight to eight. On the ground ball to Morrison, they got the force out at second, and the throw got away, and the Astros have come all the way back to tie the game. Clobbered and crushed and gone! The first walk-off this year for your Minnesota Twins. (laughs) Max Kepler, a two-home run ball game. So uh, last year, we, we did this yesterday. We went over the, or maybe two days ago now, the the pitching disaster that was the May series, three-game series at Target Field yes. last year, 11 months ago, and the Twins the twins bullpen gave up like 27 or 28 runs in the nine innings they pitched. And uh, actually, Irvin, this, this is where we get into the tie-in from yesterday. The Twins had an 8-2 to two lead in one of those games in that three-game series. Irvin Santana pitched really well. It was game one. Going into the eighth inning. Correct. So very much deja vu where you got a late lead, you you built this thing up. Now, this lead yesterday started to dwindle a little bit earlier. Uh, the lead last year, 8-2, to two, came crumbling down starting in the eighth inning. And you, I think you lost that game like 16. They, you you lost 16 it 16 runs. to 8 because you gave 11 up. 11 runs. Because your bullpen gave up an 11 spot in the eighth. Yes. yes. So uh, very similar yep. process, but very different ending this year compared to last year. And this is why, and, and I get that uh, he has uh, struggled in his career against lefties, but this is why I am all for giving Max Kepler every chance in, in every different opportunity, Phil. I really like this kid. And and I know that there was disappointment uh, in him to a certain degree, because he, he wasn't terrible, but he didn't necessarily fulfill what they might have hoped that he would have in 2017, but I predicted he'd come back and be good. I think he's a smart kid. I think he's got a good approach. I think he's a professional. Uh, the other thing I like about Kepler, and this is why I wouldn't pinch hit for him, and I don't like pinch pinch hitting for Buxton, but I get it. And I might be completely wrong. But my perception of Kepler in hearing him talk and in seeing him play is he carries a level of confidence that doesn't wane. Buxton, I am concerned about at times. Buxton, I think, can be confidence-wise streaky. If he's confident, it's fantastic. But but there will be times where he gets down on himself, and you're like, oh, boy, not good. 
I don't sense that with Kepler. And I'm all for giving him every opportunity that you possibly can because I think he'll thrive. I, I think I think pinch hit, hitting for Kepler is a, a vote of no confidence at times that you don't need to do. Uh, yeah, I, I, you and I are on the same page there. And, uh, and, and here's another thing, too, that I really like about Max Kepler. The great hitters in baseball are almost always calm. They're very meditative at the plate. Uh, there's going to be some examples. I mean, like Gary Sheffield was very, you know, he, when I say calm, I don't mean as much like your stance. I mean, your mind, your ability to not have your heart beating through your chest. Like Carlos Gomez oftentimes is just so amped up and his heart's beating through his chest. Byron Buxton, it's pretty obvious how antsy he is. Like there could be a slider in the dirt and he's jumping and you can see his hands moving, offering at pitches. And Max Kepler is very calm. He tracks pitches. I don't think he celebrates wildly when when he hits a walk-off homer. Like, his comments no, after the no, game were, were very measured. Yes. He's just a really measured cerebral hitter. Yes. And that's going to serve him well going forward. Let me pose this question again. He's off to a scintillating start. His OPS is over 1,000. He's got three home runs and is mashing right-handed pitching. Would you still trade him for Chris Archer? It's obvious that the Rays have seen something, you know, that 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 he's going to take another step at some point. Otherwise, you wouldn't be engaged in conversations about oh. a guy under contract for four years who has a great right arm. What the, else do I the, have to give if, up? If the Rays came calling back and were like, uh, hey, we still really like Kepler, obviously. The guy's off to a great start. Let's rekindle these conversations. What else do I have to give up? I mean, probably. Give, give pro- me the parameters. Pro- I mean, probably. I don't know. Like Nick Gordon, Max Kepler, Nick Gordon. His value is a little higher now because he just got off to a crazy good start. All right, this is going to sound He's on the rise. This He's might, twenty-five years this old. This might sound nuts, but the answer is still yes. If, I, I think it is for if me. If I too. can get Archer at that age, <laughs> it's, well, it's hard to trade a guy keep, who just hit a walk-off bleeping homer against the Astros. But yeah, yeah. But, but keep in mind the the Archer contract as well, which is just so damn team friendly at this point. And so, it, like Max Kepler's will I'm be sure, for the next sure, four sure. Years. But I'm but I'm saying you're trading me uh, a stud pitcher with, with a team. Friendly contract. If you call, if the Rays called me back right now and said, "Hey, Kepler starters, yeah, it's really good." You know what? We'd like to make that deal. I would still do it. I'd pull the trigger. Given given the positions that these guys play, I would still do it. A small sample size alert all across the board here, but here are Chris Archer's first three games I don't for the think Rays. It's very good. Uh, no, he has a an ERA near six. The strikeouts are there as they always are, but he's given up. Four runs in all of his outings, and he's only gone five, five, and six innings in them. Now, again, like it's he'll be fine. He's Chris Archer, and he's not going to be Clayton Kershaw, Corey you Kluber. Asked me good, the question, really I gave you the answer. Yeah, I would still do it. But I think what we're seeing here is what Max Kepler can become, and also I, he's he's he can hold his own defensively too. The guy has an arm, and he's got some range too. He's not going to be, and you can put him in center field if you need to. He's not going to be Byron Buxton right, defensively. Yeah. Yes. But you're starting to see Max Kepler emerge, and if all of a sudden he's on a different level, and you got Dozier and Maurer is still pretty locked in from last year, mm-hmm. um, you could you can see why this lineup is going to be really tough for the next five and a half months. And I I get that that we're, we're uh, comparing two series in this case against the same team, but to me the comparisons are are appropriate and important here. The difference in this team now, when you look at last May. And you played Houston, and your starters weren't, aside from the Santana start in Game 1, 
weren't very good, and your bullpen was a complete gong show at that time for that series. When you look at your bullpen now in this series, Phil, when you look at your starters, and Gibson disappointed, which is not a shock, but once again, he's your fifth starter, so this is not a huge deal. This, this is not your... Technically, your, I think he's your number three starter, right? Well... Or is number he two? Can, number two? He can be number replaced. Two starter, right? He what can, he can what be game replaced. did he pitch in? Was it the second game? He's your number two starter. Dude. Would you guys stop? He's eminently now replaceable. And to replace a number two starter like that, huh? Yeah, and, wow. And you are making that archer trade. I'm not done yet. <laughs> and to your point, and to your point from I think a week and a half ago, the lineup. The reasons to have confidence in this roster and this team now are so much higher. And and I, when you can bring a guy like Reed in, which they did again on Wednesday, and he can come in and pitch well. But the other thing too is you have a lineup now that can that can rally from way down, take a lead. Your pitching can at times blow that lead, and guess what you do now? You still come back and, and win. There's a lot of elements to this Twins team that I now say this is why they're good. This is this is so much different than a year ago. And and to me, bullpen is a key. Starting pitching is improved for sure, but you also now have a, a lineup in which you can entrust them if the pitching isn't great, they can now score you a lot of runs. Here's another Max Kepler question, just for fun here. If you had to put, if there was a baseball player stock market and you could only put your Monopoly money on one stock for the next 10 years, would it be Max Kepler stock or Miguel Sano stock? Oh, Max Kepler stock. It would be for me too. Oh, I don't. Oh, oh. If if Tampa, and I, and I think Sano is going to be a he's going to be an everyday player. If Tampa, but. if Tampa called me today and said Sano and Gordon and and a little something else, I my your head would spin on how yeah. quick I'd make that trade. Uh, Max Kepler, he, he just he, fun with numbers here. Max Kepler has come to the plate thirty eight times. Miguel Sano forty one times. So about the same number of plate appearances. Max Kepler has four strikeouts. Miguel Sano has twenty. That's an extra 16 balls in play, and that's why Max Kepler has a chance to be a high on-base guy, high batting average guy, a higher RBI guy. If you're putting the ball into play that much more often, you're going to generate more Obviously, runs yeah. batted in, right? I mean, it's just a math game at that point. Yes. Uh, so he's got these – there's a there's a bit of a Joe Maurer approach, too, when it comes to his patience. That, that at-bat, was it the first game of the year? The at-bat he took in the ninth inning against the Orioles <laughs> – Oh yeah, and he and he sat yes, there. And he got down zero and two. Like if Miguel Sano gets down zero and two, good night, absolutely good night. On the rare occasion that a pitcher might hang a and pitch, that at bat went what eleven pitches? Yeah, is that right? Uh, Max Kepler gets down zero and two, and he can fight pitches off. He can he can take it very close pitches. Three two on the home run pitch that that he hit against the Strohs. Exactly. Yeah. No, his his approach is good. That's that's my point about. I don't think I think. This is a guy who who his maturity should allow him to hit in almost every situation. I would not pinch hit for him. I would not say I would give him the experience because I don't think he's going to disappoint you. There are some guys who I, I might be like, yeah, I don't know about that guy. But Max Kepler to me is a guy I would send up in every situation. Because I think he's good enough, smart enough to grow from that. Yeah, he has. He has he's mature enough as a hitter for sure, and and he has earned the right to face a bunch of lefties early yes. in the year. Just give him, give him every possible chance. 
he's an everyday and every he's right now. I think he needs to prove himself and deserves a chance to prove himself as a guy that you're just going to keep in the lineup. Like Joel Maurer has been in the league for 14 years. He's going to face lefties. Uh, Brian Dozier has been in the league and successful long enough. He's going to face righties now, and they've proven it with numbers too. But Max Kepler deserves a chance to prove it against lefties here. Um, open phone lines until we get to stuff you should know about. Your thoughts on a Twins walk-off yesterday. Uh, what is the best-case scenario for the Wolves against the Rockets now, now that we look ahead? And also, just like, what was what was your life like the last time the Minnesota Timberwolves played a playoff game? We can keep that conversation open, too, here. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. Towns, fakes, Jokic, out with it, it home. Oh, baby. Derrick Rose comes up with a rebound. Crawford leaked out, but the pass was a little bit too long. And then Jimmy Butler says, I got your back. All right, Timberwolves. Yes, all right, Timberwolves. <laughs> Listen to the Tim's laugh, though. <laughs> all right, Timberwolves. <laughs> all right. Um, so Wolves and Rockets, uh, they're going to start this weekend, Sunday night, Wednesday night. In Houston, and then yeah. so it's two it's two days between games, and then two days between games, and then Saturday yeah. at Target Center, the first playoff game at Target Center in fourteen years. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Jim Pete's going to join in about forty minutes from now. Will, you're on the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I I don't want to be overly negative. You know, I'm excited they made the playoffs. It's been a long time. That's great and all, but. Yeah, I thought you tweeted about this last night, and I totally agree. There's no way they should have been on the last day of the season for an eight seed in the playoffs. They have just too much talent on this team. Um, and the thing that gets me the most angry is that at times this team just does not seem interested. There are nights they show up, and it, it, they, it looks like they don't want to be there. They, they lack passion. They're just going through the motions. And because of that, a lot of bad teams have beaten them. You know, and if you're the Golden State Warriors and you've made the finals the last however many years, yeah, you know, maybe you know, on Tuesday night in the middle of March, you can you know, maybe take that off. But not when you're the Wolves, you haven't made the playoffs since 2004. Uh, I, I just, and I think a lot of that goes back to Tom Thibodeau. You know, he, he's supposed to be this great defensive coach. Well, the defense a lot of times is not that great. I think it's lazy at times. And the offense at times looks bad, especially last night. Uh, in like the final, I think, six seconds of the game, we had two shots, both terrible shots. You have to get better looks in that, in that situation of the game. Yeah, I, think, I think we need a coaching change. You know, if your, your defense is not going to be that great, you need better offense. You know, it's just mediocrity, lack of passion. I'm not trying to be negative. Happy we made the playoffs. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like, no, Will, I mean, you're definitely being negative, and I don't even really disagree with much of what you're saying. That's totally fine. You don't have to apologize for it. I think, you're, I think what's happening, Will, is you're representing a lot of conflicted Wolves fans, which is, hey, this is awesome in a vacuum. They made the playoffs. Jimmy Butler's awesome. Carl Anthony Towns. But there's all these things that kind of have driven you crazy over the past few months, and even in that game last night, that make you feel like there's more in the tank than they've given. Oh, absolutely. And and I think what makes me angry is the fact that they have so much potential, you know? I mean, you have, like, you. I think you said two of the top 12 players in the NBA. I mean, at least, if not 12, at least top 15, you know? Mm-hmm. Talent, you should be doing so much more than, you know, squeaking out an overtime win to get the eighth seed on the last day of the regular season. Thank you for the call, Will. And by the way, I got, help himself. I got 
lit up for that tweet. I tweeted that in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter. Which just part that, of it? Saying two of the top 12? First of all, my timeline in defense was very positive last night. Okay. Just, sometimes people, it's the, the damn crooked, you know, fake news media takes my one negative tweet and makes it sound like I'm a negative guy. All right, Mr. President. It's ridiculous. Um, but I tweeted it. I'm paraphrasing because I'm not, I don't have my Twitter account in front of me, but like, the Wolves have two of the top 12 players in the NBA, uh-huh. which like a million people, well, they can name 12. Okay. Top, Jim, Carl Anthony Towns is number two in win shares and he's one of the most efficient players in the league offensively. Watch the guy play. He's incredible. Uh, Jimmy Butler, when he plays, he's, you know, when, when he's healthy, he's one of the best defensive slash two way players in the NBA. I said, they've got two of the top 12 players in the NBA, and yet here they are grinding. Overtime yeah, of a game eighty-two. Yeah, yeah, I know. But some of the audience listening didn't yeah. see the tweet, um, and and it just feels like they should have already solidified this, even with the Jimmy Butler injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still stand by that. Well, and yeah, it's accurate. It, I still stand by that. But but I think you can stand by that and celebrate the accomplishment that took place at Target Center last night. That even though there's a lot of things, I mean, those last three offensive possessions, if that game had turned out differently in overtime, yeah, or if if Jokic hits the corner shot that Taj Gibson stole before he could pull the trigger, yeah, we'd be sitting here for four hours discussing All right. the last three offensive possessions, which were, after a timeout, a Jamal Crawford 38-foot three-point attempt. Yeah. You had a Jimmy Butler 20-second dribble-dribble isolation fadeaway, and the possession before that, Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler stood off to the side while Taj Gibson and Jeff Teague ran pick and roll action for 15 or 20 seconds. Like, those are the things that we'd if be talking about. If we're right? going to go down the path that Will did, actually, let's do this. Let's back up too late in the first half and explain this to me. Carl Anthony Towns, with 30.6 seconds left in the half, gets his second foul. The <clears throat> My colleague sitting to my left, working for the Star Tribune, who uh, hosts a show on this station from 3 to 6, six says, get him out of there. you got to get him out. He's going to get his third. I didn't know Reavers wrote for the Star Tribune. <laughs> and so, sure enough, with, uh, let's see here, I've got it right here, with 12.3 seconds left and Denver in possession of the ball, Jokic gets tangled up with Towns and he gets his third foul. If we're going to go down the let's nitpick that game a little bit last night since it was such a crucial game, why was Carl Anthony Towns still in that game? Yeah, he, shouldn't, he definitely shouldn't have been. I mean, it's a defensive. It, it's yeah. not, it's he also not shouldn't two minutes commit, left. He also shouldn't commit dumb no. fouls. He should have some awareness and not commit and dumb it's, fouls. It's on both sides. I get that. Yeah. But, I'm say, but I'm saying doesn't the head coach have to t- take him out for his own good? And Towns has to be smarter as well. I'm not absolving him whatsoever. What I'm saying is the whole thing made no sense. Yeah, and and with so with all of these things that all of these self-inflicted things, whether it's bad play design or they went 9 minutes of game time in the fourth quarter in overtime between Carl Anthony Towns field goal attempts. So there's all these self-inflicted things and they overcome them because of talent and because Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns just sometimes refuse to lose certain games especially Butler and Andrew Wiggins knocks down a couple clutch free throws, hit a couple threes in the corner and like they have enough talent to rise above some of these self-inflicted wounds, but it's almost like you know if, if like Mike Tyson in his prime or Muhammad Ali were to walk into a boxing match knowing that he's the best boxer and tying an arm behind his back on his own, like oh, I'm just going to tie my arm behind my back to make this harder. That's what watching the Wolves is like. Sometimes you watch and you're like, this, yeah, the entire season had moments like, like this. Is, this feels like a 55 but, plus win team, 
and uh, and they're tying an arm behind their back for no reason with all these self-inflicted all right. things. The of the possessions late in that game in, in the fourth, the one that drove me crazy though was Butler's hero ball move. What are you doing? You got you got. Twi- that's I him. That's Jimmy, man. I get it, but you that's, got. That's got to go back to. That's got to go back to coaching. Okay, but he's got the ball. I want to say there's 25 seconds left. He's going down the court. You can call a timeout, which I think they had one left at that point. There's a lot of options to set set a play up, namely that might go through Cat, and Jimmy plays hero ball and he takes a shot on which I thought he had very little chance. Yeah, I mean those if, Jimmy playing hero ball, and 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 that play resulting in like a twenty plus foot jump shot with a hand in his face. Correct. What percentage of the time does that go in? I mean, it's awesome when it goes in because holy crap, like buzzer beater. But this is your season it's like, on what, the 15, line. 15, 20%, 25%. Set yeah. up a play, right? Yes. Um, so you, you've done all of this work to get to that point in the game and ball movement and running it through Carl Anthony Towns, who gets double teamed. He passes out, open shooter over here, bang, bang, cutters. Like everything, everything for the most part was great until sort of later in the game there when they went back to hero ball and they had some bad inbounds plays and defensive lapses. But so that's, that's the conflict and Mm -hmm. that's why it's not just black and white. It's celebratory last night. They've got Houston on the horizon and these things that drive you crazy. And we'll see what the mood is in about two weeks. Fortunately, even if they get swept out and, uh, and the season comes to an end, you can build off playoff experience. You can build off what you have, with Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, maybe you make a couple tweaks. Jamal Crawford, it's been super fun. Need someone who's a little bit more of a defensive stopper over here. And a three-point guy, yeah. Maybe a three-point guy over there. Um, there's things you can do to make this better roster-wise for sure, and those conversations are going to start probably in about in about two weeks. That's and fine. They're going to be and they're going to be Tibbs ta- talking to Tibbs at this point. Yes, and Scott Layton just can, sitting in the corner. And we'll have plenty of time to d- dissect yeah. those and complain about them at the time. But you know what? Like the the biggest and you're going to you're going to speak on behalf of your favorite mortgage lending uh oh company here in just a second, okay. Jack. Just want right. to give you a heads up. But Thank you. the one thing Tom Thibodeau as much as he's as much as we are critical of him and as much as the fan base is split on him. Mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau delivered Jimmy Butler. He delivered Taj Gibson, yeah. and ultimately, with the addition of those two guys, and Jeff Teague's been Jeff Teague hitting a three pointer late in that game, like that right there. When Tom Thibodeau is thinking about the difference between Jeff Teague and Ricky Rubio, it's the ability to cash that three pointer in a key spot, smooth shot, confidence, absolutely, right, yes, and cash and he, a three pointer late, yes. So, so with those moves, Tom Thibodeau helped complete Flip Saunders' vision. Even though Flip Saunders' vision probably was more like Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns. And just quickly, it, it is it is tough because the uh, playoff drought was so long, and and the atmosphere last night was so great that this is fun. I mean, it's fun. They're finally going, and and even if they get swept, they're back someplace where they have not been for fourteen years. So there is a lot to dissect here and talk about. But to Tibbs' credit. I'll give him this. He he did expedite a process that took a long, long time. And and if you had said to yourself, well, you know what, just wait 15 years again. I mean, I get yeah. it. Also, if you play like you did last night with that energy, with that defensive effort, and with the ball movement that we saw for the most part early in the game and, and the third quarter, yep, you can make Houston sweat a little bit. You're not going to beat them in a seven-game series, but you can you can you can make that be a, a much more competitive. 
You can make it a much more competitive series if you play like that 48 minutes every night. Uh, Dave, what's coming up in stuff next? Some wild Wednesday action from the baseball diamond yesterday and the NHL with the playoffs beginning are deciding to try to educate the fans a little bit. We'll Ooh, I like that. All right, Judd, fire away. Thank you, sir. And so if you are considering your options when it comes to mortgage companies, I want to suggest my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough. And I want to do so because of this. And it's very simple but very important. This is not about simply selling you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. And now you're asking yourself, you say, that sounds really good, Judd, but what does it mean exactly? And I'm going to tell you. It means that while Prime would love to have you as a client, they want to meet with you first. They want to sit down. They want to explain their plan in detail. And then the decision is up to you. This is about a couple of key things. Teamwork and collaboration. It's what Prime is all about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on the folks at Prime and Kent to give you sound advice and straight answers. Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you as well. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing costs? Not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you. And here's where you go to find out more. The website, goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. Stuff coming up next on Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Brilliant, yet pointless. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring with Indeed? You can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Woo! All right, now, Timberwolves. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please rise. Men, remove your caps. As we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of stuff you should know about. Wait, who's wait? Who's, yeah. let's, let's volume down a little bit here. Let's. I want to do a little side by side comparison. Insincere Tibbs. All right, Timberwolves. Or insincere <laughs> Judd. That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. Who's more? Who's more sincere? All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. No, Tibbs or Judd. I'd sit even. I completely disagree. I think Judd is way more insincere. I think Tom Thibodeau is very sincere. He just doesn't really know how to act when people are applauding at a press conference. Right, He's kind of Jimbo. weirded out. Play the right. collar one. He's just kind of, all right, let's, Play my let's one get this over the. Well, you can find Matthew Collar on 1500ESPN.com, the Purple Podcast, and also now Saturday Sports Talk. Yes, you 10 guys, to noon uh, with, uh, with me. Lots of fun, Matthew. Lots of fun. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> I think we're very even. I think we're very even. We don't We don't have time for any BS. No, I think Tibbs is just no really uncomfortable. That's all that is. We don't have time. No time. We don't have time for it. Let's get right to so stuff. Here to get into the meat and potatoes. No time for, for small talk. A lot right, of people chat. don't have time for BS. That includes Nolan Arenado when Luis Perdomo, the Padres, throws behind him on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. And the benches have cleared. There is a melee on the infield. Nolan Arenado had a ball go behind him. He threw his helmet down, ran toward the pitcher's mound. Perdomo threw his glove down. Bench is cleared. Here come the bullpens as well. That wasn't the only major league melee yesterday. Uh Uh-oh, the rivalries renewed. He gets drilled here. He slams the bat. Now he's making a move, and here come... Here he comes on the run, and now fisticuffs. As Kelly's being tackled and punches being thrown... The dugout's empty. Here come the bullpens again, and this time it's for real. That was Red Sox-Yankees last night. Tyler Austin charging the mound. Second time the bench has 
cleared uh, during that game, as you heard the uh, announcers say there. This time it's for real. No punches thrown the first time when Tyler Austin slid into second base. A little late. Spikes came up a little high on the Red Sox, Brock Holt. Luckily, Holt, uh, he's the only one who is smart about the whole thing after the game. Judge or, or Stanton come in there. Um, you know, I think they were one of the first two on in the first scuffle, and you know, I start backing up uh, at that point. So I'm not trying to get get involved with with any of those guys. Um, you know, I mean, not just those two. They they got a pretty big team over there. I feel like the sure cold weather is making everyone crazy. Like what? Everyone needs to calm. It's early in the season. Everyone calm down. Is my, it because spring hasn't sprung yet and we're all just tense? My sport, charge the mound. my sport, we barely fight in now. Bench-clearing brawls are a thing of the past. Your sport, it's free-for-all. It's like two bench-clearing brawls every night now. Enforcers are next. Ridiculous. Enforcers are next. <laughs> he can play a little bit outfield, but he's really an enforcer. So, so you pinch hit a guy that has like that strikes out 90% yes. of their plate appearances but just like charges them out? Yes. Drop kicks the catcher. <laughs> Power bombs the reliever. Meanwhile, Jordan Zimmerman was throwing for the Tigers yesterday. Take took a line drive off the bat of Jason Kipnis right to his face. It was scary looking. The ball bounced all the way over to first, where uh, Miguel Cabrera just picked it up and tapped first for the out before going to check on his pitcher. Uh, he's fine. He's fine. No broken bones. Little swelling. Ron Gardenhire said he's going to make his next start, and Zimmerman sounded okay after the game, too. He even spoke to the media. I felt it, and I went down and um, just felt that all my teeth were there, and it wasn't my jaw wasn't peeled in like the first time it happened. Um, so I think I got lucky, and, and that the first time I broke it, they put a couple of plates in there, and the doc told me back in college, I, you'll never break it again. So, I mean, we put it to the test tonight, and everything came back just fine. So he just has a steel jaw now. He's like that guy from James Bond movies. Back Jaws. His, yeah, Jaws. He is yeah. Jaws. He caught. He actually caught the baseball in his teeth. This is what happened. Uh, it didn't hurt at all. So so this has happened to him twice now. Honest question, like how could you, if that's happened once, let alone twice, how could you get back on a major league mound with full conviction and follow through on a pitch without recoiling a little bit? I don't know. I couldn't. So it, it happened in college, he said? Yeah. Which probably means, because he's not that young, which probably means he got hit with a line drive off an aluminum bat, which would be even far worse because it'd be quicker. That would be Matt Burke's brother pitching for the Gophers in a game at the Dome years ago got hit by by a line drive right in the jaw, I think, just looked like that. And when they come off an aluminum bat, you got no time to react. As opposed to those major league wooden bats, that ball just tiptoeing out yeah. there. No, no, there have been kids killed, though. Aluminum bats, they are they are dangerous. I, I get I'm that. not saying that wood bats are, and I'm saying aluminum bats are even worse. I, mean, I think it's fair to say that neither is ideal. Yeah. Like if a baseball comes at you 100 unless, miles an hour and hits you in the face, it's not a good thing. Unless your jaw has some type of titanium in it, in which case you're fine. It yeah. just deflects off your face to first base. You get Clang. the out. <laughs> scoring, scoring out. Score the out 1-3. <laughs> oh, man. And in the NBA last night, away from Target Center. Challenged by George at the rim, and Westbrook has to rebound. History made a season ago. History matched tonight in Oklahoma City. Listen to the crowd. Russell Westbrook, he needed 16 rebounds to average a triple-double for the second season in a row. He did four better. He ended with 20 on the night. He grabbed the 16th board with 918 remaining in the third quarter. The fastest any guard 
has reached 16 rebounds in a game in the last 20 seasons. In case you're wondering whether Russell Westbrook is mostly just a selfish stat hunter and why his team's underachieved, there, there's a good example. Oh, but, he ripped people for saying that about him before the game. Well, it's kind of true, right? Like the guy, it's kind of true. The guy hunts triple doubles every night. Last night, he didn't shoot the ball barely at all. He just dished and grabbed boards. Yeah. Uh, at one point, I think he had one shot attempt and a double double in the assist <laughs> rebound categories. <laughs> I I thought the whole purpose of OKC getting um, Carmelo and Paul George was, was so he so Westbrook didn't have to do as much this year. Is that mistaken? I thought the whole thing was, was he, he averaged a triple double last year, got the MVP, but then they went out and got help for him, so he wouldn't have to statistically carry the load as much. And it sounds like he did the same thing this year. And I think they're actually they might have a worse record than they did last year too. It's an odd mix. Yeah. Oh, he probably doesn't have to do as much. He just doesn't trust anyone Anyone to do it for him. Yeah. He is a. I think there's like. Here's all you need to know. Averaging a triple double has happened once since Oscar Rob. Well, twice now. Both Russell Westbrook Westbrook since Oscar Robinson, right? Yeah. Is it more likely that he's just the most talented slash best player and is like the only one who's ever been capable of it, or that other players like LeBron or like Magic Johnson back in the day or Michael Jordan? could average a triple-double if they wanted to, but it might not be the best way to go about helping your teammates and winning a game. There was a, 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 whatever, like last night, you're that close, it's been 81 games, and you need 16, and it's kind of, go get 16 rebounds, but, and you're playing Memphis. At one point in the fourth quarter, or maybe it must have been the third quarter, because you said he broke the record in there, or uh, got the 16 in the third quarter. 9-16 left in the third. They were boxing out for him. Like Carmelo Anthony, there's a play where Carmelo is boxing out with his arms out as the ball lands and like bounces twice, and then Westbrook runs in to pick up the rebound. Russ, get over here! Hurry! <laughs> Just clearing everybody out. No, run in, run in. <laughs> Subs in during the pe- possession. Yeah. So you're the NHL. Your playoffs are kicking off. We're really getting things going yesterday and today with games one, uh, game ones throughout all the series, and you need to try to educate the, the people around America, those who aren't really hockey fans, try to get them into it, get some more people on board for this road to the cup. Who are you going to get? What celebrity? And I'll even tell you, it's a music guy. Who are you going to get from the world of music to really bring home the message through some YouTube videos for some Darius Rucker. fans? Not Darius, Darius Rucker. Rucker, no. Okay. Um... <laughs> I have no clue. Justin Bieber. Uh, no, you're no, not getting I'm, Biebs either. I'm, I'm guessing it's a country guy. Perhaps. No, it's not a country guy. It's a hip hop guy. Um, okay, then I. Then I would I'm say really not you know, it's got to be someone. It's got to be someone big, right? Uh, is it is it Method Man? No, it doesn't get uh, any bigger than no? this. Okay, you get Snoop D O Double G. Hey, you inside hockey 101 with the one and only Dog Cherry, aka 99 plus two, the greater one. And this is the Stanley Cup edition. The Stanley Cup is the most iconic trophy in sports. So says Dog Cherry. And it's definitely the trophy with the most superstitions, traditions, and any other kind of issues you can think of. But there's only one way to hoist it. You gotta win it! In fact, one of the superstitions surrounding the cup is that players won't even touch it until their team has won it all. Which means Sid can touch it whenever he gets good and got ready. Seriously? <laughs> yes. Uh, and this is dude. from the NHL's official series? YouTube channel. That's video number one that oh was posted either yesterday or the day before. And apparently there's more to come throughout the playoffs. Is Snoop Dogg a hockey fan? Do we know? Or is he just is this like a cash grab I, for him? I don't care. I don't you care. Just enjoy I'm it watching so much? every single one of these because they are a delight. Oh. <laughs>
Judd, are you in, are, are you oh, in or out sport. on Snoop Dogg representing uh, the NHL's push for the Stanley Cup? It is the most National Hockey League thing to be like, you know who's really going to sell the rest of this country on Snoop Dogg because he's really big right well. He was really big 20 years. Okay, yeah. Let, no, that's, no, he's this still is the most, big. He's still pretty big. He's still big. This is such a hockey thing. Snoop, Snoop could read the phone book and you're listening. He's got the greatest voice of all time. Yeah, he's he's still pretty. You're underestimating how big Snoop Dogg is still. Today. <laughs> oh, my sport. Let's rip your sport I one more time. In it. Toronto, yeah. Maple Leafs fans are ticked off. Did you hear how ticket sales have gone over there? They have a, an arena that seats 18,201. A lot of those seats, a lot of them, over 90% are scooped up by season ticket holders, corporations, scalpers that get in on the deal. So they had a couple pre-sales on Monday. Uh, excuse me, on Wednesday for the game coming up Monday, which will be game three against the uh, Bruins, their first one at home. For those pre-sales, they only had 672 tickets left to sell. Yeah. They got through the pre-sale to your general public. Only 96 tickets went on sale to the general public via Ticketmaster and the box office. So who are the people that are in on the pre-sale? Is this like the, the privileged people or what? Pre-sale, it's like fan clubs and they went to, you know, to season ticket holders and so you fans, can buy additional tickets. Are fans surprised by this? Fans are ticked off. They had 96 uh, seats to fight over and only two Pairs were, or there's only two of the, or excuse me, four of the tickets yeah. in two pairs that were but together. It's the rest Toronto, are it's not surprising. The question's not whether it's surprising. The question is, should they have allowed no. a, the larger fan base no. to get access to tickets? No, no way. I mean, you've got, if, if you buy tickets in, in that, that place and they're incredibly expensive, you're going to have basically that, you're, you're not going to have a pre sale. Or a sale to the public that's going to, to be large. I'm surprised that that they didn't basically tell people too bad. Go to the secondary market. That's it. We got no tickets. Well, they basically did. Right, but they don't. In Toronto, it's not. It's not as if you're going to open up 500 tickets. Not going to happen. That's not just my sport. I mean, that's that's any sport that's popular. You're ba- you're going to have a very small amount to sell pu- to the public. I mean, I would guess the wild is is not going to sell a lot of tickets at their box office right now for Game 3. They're probably mostly gone. And it's the playoffs unlike, because it's the cup. And unlike 10 or 12 years ago where you had to go, if you want, if the game is sold out and you wanted to get in, you'd have to go deal with, like, you know, Shady Gary on the corner who hasn't shaved in five weeks. But you always hey, see him. But he's I always on the corner. extra tickets for you. Hey. Now you can just go on StubHub. <laughs> see a predator? Hey. Anybody need tickets? Just because you're a scalper doesn't mean you're a predator. I've got some extra tickets on the inside of my trench coat. Why don't you come with me over here? Yeah. Hey there, uh, Crazy Gary. Chris Hansen, Dayline NBC. Why don't yeah. you come on over here? We've got the transcripts from your AOL conversation. I got my ice cream van right here with the tickets in it. I mean, Kevin, Gary can be a decent Are guy. Are you extra long hockey stick at AOL.com? What? No? Don't be smirch. Don't be smirch the scalpers. They can be some good guys. I know some scalpers. Uh, Jim Pete is not shady, and he will join us in about twelve <laughs> minutes from now. Uh, I saw. I, I wasn't in studio yesterday, but I did see that a lot of our uh, a lot of our guys, Manny and Derek Jane from the Raised by Wolves podcast, were watching the game on this fifty-five inch TCL four K Roku TV we have in studio. Watching the NBA playoffs with that four K picture quality, four times the picture quality of a standard ten eighty P high def TV. Uh, also, TCL, there's a reason why it's America's fastest-growing TV brand. You got the built-in Roku device, which gives you access to 4,000-plus streaming channels. Also, you can get access to 140 sports channels, including NFL platform, MLB, NHL, 
NBA, watch ESPN, Fox Sports Go, plus health, fitness, and yoga channels. Uh, access to dozens of streaming cooking channels. If you want to up your cooking game, you want to have a problem thinking of what you're going to cook up for dinner tonight, go impress uh, the gal, go impress uh, the husband. Travel platforms, news, and more all at your fingertips. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Find them at any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You guys are all-encompassing. Mackey and Judd. You can listen to this for a little bit of pop culture, a little Correct. bit of uh, what's hip in the city. On 1500 ESPN. MLB The Show 18 is now out. More home runs, more epic plays, more classic legends, all in less, to- less time. You can knock out a game of MLB The Show 18 in less than 15 minutes. Dominate the competition on the couch, on the headset, and on the diamond for those who crave the best of baseball. MLB The Show 18, welcome to the show. Rated E for everyone. And to win your very own copy right now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. Mackie and Judd, Jim Peterson will join the show here in about five or ten minutes. Also, Roy Smalley on Twins at 1130. A couple emails. Loyal listener Dan Chang. I love when Dan calls the show. He emails, you guys have made it a point to hammer on Tom Thibodeau every day recently, not saying it's wholly unfounded, and I also don't necessarily love Tibbs. Yes, they sometimes seem to be a joyless bunch. However, if part of your argument is that Tibbs can't get through to the young guys like Wiggins, then my response is that I'm not sure anyone else would be any more effective in this seemingly fruitless endeavor. Also, Butler seems linked to Tibbs, so unless we're getting Brad Stevens in here, breaking news we aren't, then I would much rather have Butler and Tibbs than any other coach without Butler, even if the team would be filled with joy and unicorns and sunshine and trust uh, trust falls every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if if the two choices are, because again, like I, I don't know if Tom Thibodeau is going to, see this thing out like for five or ten years on another contract my guess is right now it probably turns out a little bit like in Chicago where it burns bright for a few years and then somebody else takes over the reins but obviously if Jimmy if Jimmy Butler has three or four or five years of prime left which is a question like he's already got bad knees and he only stays if Tom Thibodeau stays then yeah like okay I want Jimmy Butler because it's a superstar league and Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler are superstars, and you got to figure out the rest of the roster. But yeah, I'm I okay. So do you see that uh, if if they keep Tibbs here and they get and Butler stays and Towns uh, w- will stay, how far do you think the question becomes in the next three years that they can get? They got to fix. They got to fix. I some mean, things. can you compete? Be, because you're we're happy now that they're in the playoffs, but they're going to lose to Houston pretty quickly here. In two or three years, can you now compete? Can you finish in the top of the Western Conference and compete with Golden State, Houston, those teams? If Jimmy Butler is playing at, at his peak and Carl Anthony Towns keeps getting better, you should be able to build the rest of it around them. Like that's that's the heart to get those two, those are unicorns. Like those are the hardest things to get. Six five one, six four six, eight two five five. Randy and Cottage Grove, what's going on? Oh hey, uh, yeah, not much, guys. It's a fun, uh, fun, fun day here. Just uh Getting set, you know, working on uh, working on mocks as I do, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, I I heard you guys talking about you know what was happening in uh, the last time the uh, Timberwolves uh, made the playoffs, and um, you know, I, I remember fondly that era. The early two thousands was really when technology was starting to blossom, as they say, and uh, it started to become a little bit a uh, little bit easier to kind of get your hands on some of that all twenty two footage if you wanted to see it, and. Uh, and uh, and mocking really really started to kind of get into the 
I shouldn't say the mainstream, but uh, people who wanted to mock recreationally could certainly uh, have more tools than we used to have um, when you had to kind of know someone on the team or know someone at the network to kind of get some of that stuff. This was when Internet video was kind of in its uh, in its uh, nascency, as they say. And uh, I thought you guys might like a little trip down uh, down memory lane. I could kind of give you a little 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 thought, little look at how I did uh, on my mock in 2004. Since we're talking about uh, you know 2004 mm. today, I could uh, give you a flavor if you'd like. I, Boy. One one thing for sure that I that I really am proud of every year with my mocks is I, I always identify kind of a what I call UDFA guys to watch, okay? Oh, yeah. Guys who are going to pop up on the radar, even if they don't get drafted. And yeah, I pegged a couple that year. I pegged a couple that year. How about a little guy named Tyson Claybow? You guys remember Tyson Claybow? Played OT for the for the Broncos mm. for a while. He was actually an all-pro a couple of times. Uh, Wes, Welker, <sighs> Wes Welker was a guy that I that I pegged that year. I said, keep an eye on this yeah. guy. He may not get drafted, but uh, but he's he's going to make some noise in the NFL. Yeah, and then, of will. course, you can go to the that's draft great. itself. And, uh, you know, I, I, I yeah, was one of fade the him out there. who absolutely thought that the Vikes were going to take. We'll just, we'll just fade him out there. Real curious quick who there. the Vikes, yeah, I right. forget who the Vikes were going to take in that draft. Yeah. That was um, Alrighty then. very much like his mocks where you just have to fade him out. Is he still going? Yes, he is. He was going to have a good career. He really didn't live up to his potential. I thought Vikes were going to oh, take okay. Wolf Ward. That's, that's I, good. I definitely thought Wolf Ward was going to be the pick That's there. good. That's good. We'll just uh, Why am I not surprised by this? We'll just say goodbye to, to Randy and Cottage Grove there. Well, he took that Wolves talker and turned it right back to his mock draft from 2004, didn't he? I, I thought he'd be upset because we're so close to the draft and we're talking so much Wolves today. I saw on Twitter his 2018 mock is done. What? Hmm. Yeah, he tweeted that up just a day or two did ago. Did he tweet the mock, or did he just no, tweet that just it's said, done? No, just said, I don't remember exactly what it said, but I'm done mocking or mock complete, whatever. Maybe next week he can call in, and we'll just let him explore the space for an hour. We'll just like let that. him call in for an hour. Jim Pete joins next.